Well, we took a little bit of extra time in the front of the service today. Are you going to dock me off uh, my part now? Or <clears throat> Phyllis's uh, dad, his name's Bill. He's in heaven now. Such a joker. Such a funny guy. He uh, uh, he used to tell me because I'd say, you know, uh, do you have a little more time? And he said to me one time, he said, you never look at me. He said, he said because I'm going, cut it, cut it. <laughs> he used to rib me all the time. <clears throat> we were gone. They were on vacation somewhere. And uh, they went to this church where they were for the service. And next time we saw him, he was just, he was just gushing about this pastor and this, this message that he preached. And I thought, wow, because, you know, he wasn't always talking about spiritual things. And so he said, it was so great. It was so great. I said, wow, really? Praise God. I said, what was, what did he preach on? He said, 30 minutes. 30. <laughs> he was wound up and done. 30 minutes. <laughs> but that, that's just him. He's just messing with me. <laughs> great guy. In fact, his Phyllis's mom went to heaven before he did, uh, uh, several years before he, he did. And somebody asked him, they said, Bill, uh, her mom's name, Nelva, said, Bill, uh, won't, you, won't you be so glad when you go on to heaven and, and you get to see Nelva again? He said, I guess. <laughs> he said, what, what do you mean, you guess? He said, she's been up there for years. By now, she's got a list this long of stuff for me to do. When I... <laughs> so I, I don't know if he's working on his list now or, or not, but he, he's there. Um, look with me, if you would, in, in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, for a number of weeks now. We've been on a series that we're calling The God of increase. And I'm really stirred this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, the Lord gave me revelation this morning about this. And uh, revelation is precious. Oh, whew. it is so precious. And I'll, I'll explain it in just a moment here. But um, our main text in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6 it says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Amen. Somebody say, God gave the increase. <clears throat> and then he went on to say, verse 7, he repeats the thought. He said, so neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters. Now, he's not saying they're not needful or they don't matter. He's just emphasizing it wasn't him that gave the increase. And it wasn't Apollos that gave the increase. They were involved in it, but God that gives Amen. the increase. <clears throat> God is the God of increase. Now, the enemy hates this. Oh, he hates it. And he has done all kind of things to uh, twist and pervert and distort 
and confuse believers about increase. And you have a whole lot of church-going people that they struggle to believe that God would even want them to increase. And so many times, you know, if people have, you know, they've their life has improved, they're making a little more money, they, they, they get a little better place to live. Depending on what you listen to, people will try to shame you for that. Shame you for that. And try to guilt you about that. You hear how quiet it got? Well, does God want you to decrease? Does he want you to stay where you are? Or does he really want you to increase in every good thing? Say it out loud. God is a good God. He's the God of increase. And his will for me is increase. He wants me to increase. Does he or not? And anything good in your life, does he want it to just stay where it is? Or does he want you to have more? If it's good, he wants you to have more of it. Right? And people try to say, well, I, you know, I only need so much. If I got enough for me and mine, I don't care. Well, what about everybody else, silly? Nobody said you had to keep it all. Right? But if you're going to do much for others... You need way more than enough for you. Yes, sir. Amen. Hmm? But see, this is spoken against in many churches. This is mocked. You know, we've gotten any number of ugly letters about what I preach and what we do. But I'm still preaching it. I'm enjoying it, too. Yes. Amen. Amen. In Psalm 115, verse 12, our other text, Psalm 115, 12, said, The Lord has been mindful of us. Does the Lord ever think about you? According to this, He does. What, What did He think about when He thought about you? Read the next. Huh? He thought about blessing you. That's what he thought about. Well, would the blessing help you or hurt you? Would the blessing decrease you or increase you? He will bless us. He'll bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. Keep going. He'll bless them that fear the Lord. Well, that includes all of us. Amen. Right? Do you have respect for the Lord? Do you reverence it? He'll bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Keep going. The Lord shall increase you. Is this Bible? Is it Scripture? Is it right? Is it true? Would it be all right for you to say this over yourself? To say the Bible over yourself? Say it out loud. The Lord shall increase me. More and more. More and more. Me and my children. children. Now, you know, if you're new to us and and you say, well, all this, everybody's saying things, saying things. And you say, say this. And then they they say it. That's why is all that necessary? Yes. Yes. Actually, it is. Yeah, it is. 
It's the way things, spiritual things work from the beginning and the church had lost it. And whether you understand it or not, Jesus is the apostle and high priest of what you say. Amen. That's right. Hmm? Yes. It's how you got born again. Yes. Is that right? Amen. You believe it in your heart and confess. say it with your mouth. You confess Jesus as your Lord Amen. with your mouth. That's how you got saved. And that's how everything else works too. He works with what you say or is unable to work with what you say. It goes both ways. And the enemy is always looking to see if he can work with what you say. So go ahead and say it again. It is written. And I believe it. The Lord shall increase me more and more. Me and my children. That ought to make you happy. We're coming up. Hallelujah. We're coming up. Coming up. We're advancing forward. Yes. We're right? Hallelujah. In the proverb it says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Amen. Huh? He left so much money and so much stuff that it blessed the next two generations. Hallelujah. Well, you gotta have it or you can't leave it. You had to get it, or you don't have it. Go with me, if you would, over to uh, Matthew. And let's see. uh, Matthew 24, and then we'll make our way to 26. Are you comfortable? Yes. You and I are... Touching some life-changing things today. I'm stirred about it. Matthew 24 and 8. Uh, he's talking about signs of the time. In fact, I need. Let me back up a little bit from there. Uh, signs of the time that you'll recognize. Uh, he said there would be troubled times. Verse 6, Matthew 24, 6, you'll hear of wars and rumors of other wars. Uh, have we heard that? What's, what the Lord tell us our response is to be? Don't be upset about it. People completely miss that part. They go, ooh, yeah, yeah, we're living in the end times. Wars, wars, ooh, ooh, ooh. No, you, you didn't read the next phrase. What's our response to be? Not troubled. Didn't, didn't you say try not to be? He said see to it. See to it that you are not troubled. When's the last time you heard a really bad report? On the news. And you just stopped and said, yeah, but I ain't troubled. I refuse to be troubled. I refuse to be upset about this. See, people believe wrongly that a Christian quality is, if you care, you fear. 
See, this is twisted. God commanded us not to worry, not to carry cares, not to be fearful, not to let our heart be troubled. And see, even saying that, people kind of lock up on you and go, well, if you care, right? If you care, how can you not be upset? It's a choice as to what you yield to. Keep reading. He said, uh, you'll hear it, but don't be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. The, when you hear wars, rumors of wars, and he goes on to say nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, there will be famines, there will be pestilences and earthquakes in different places. That's not the end. It's the beginning of sorrows. That's not the end. When you hear that thing and you see those things, you go, go man, this is the end. No, Jesus said it's not the end. Verse 12, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. There will be a lot of backsliding because of the state of things. Somebody say, not me. me. I'm not going to backslide. My love won't wax cold. cold. Talking about love for God. Love for his things. Love for his people. Uh Uh-uh. No. You can stay stirred up no matter what the world does. But he that shall endure to the end. Somebody say, that's me, that's me. me. The same shall be saved. How many in this thing for the duration? Oh, yeah, I ain't going anywhere. That's right. All the way. All the way. And here's verse 14, what I wanted to get to. said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. The end's not going to come because of wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famine and pestilence. Mm -mm. That's the beginning of of sorrows and, and headed toward that. But when will the end come? Well, the Lord, our God, who created this planet, who created human beings, He is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. The precious fruit of the earth is human beings. And not just any human being, but those who, who receive Him. And there is happening throughout all the billions on the planet, through every successive generation, the opportunity to acknowledge your Creator and receive His salvation through through Christ and give your life as a service to Him and follow Him in preparation for the rest of eternity. Or you can reject Him and deny Him and rebel against Him. And if you do, if you reject him, you will not be a part of the precious fruit of the earth. You will be of those that were separated. And what 
how does what's the agency by which this happens? This gospel. This gospel. This gospel. What you and I do with this gospel is the biggest choice we will ever make in our entire existence. There's a lot of things you can get wrong, and it's no big deal. Or it's fixable. Or it costs you, but not too bad. Or it costs you quite a bit, but you still, you recovered from it. But this is one thing you got to get right. Your response to the gospel. Hmm? Do you receive it? Do you believe it? Or do you deny it? Do you reject it? Because that determines whether you're lost or saved, whether you go to heaven or hell. And you can say, well, I don't believe any of that. Well, when you breathe your last, you will. You will get a rude awakening. It doesn't matter whether you believe in it or not. It is the way it is. You can go all your life and you can read your goofy books and you can imagine you're so smart. And uh, when it's all done, it is what it is. Not what you made up for it to be. And you have to decide what you believe and what your beliefs are based on. And I am so happy that I base my beliefs on this. I've examined it every way I know how. I continue to scrutinize and put all the pressure I can imagine or think on it. And it has every time proved Perfect. Perfect. Proof. Men could not have come up with these things. They could not have designed them. They could not have prophesied them 10,000 years ahead of time. No. This came from a source above mankind. It came from a source. That's a choice. What you believe. But this gospel. Somebody say this gospel. When this gospel, why why would you say this gospel? Well, there are uh, twisted gospels. There are false messages. But this gospel, Jesus said, when, when this gospel, the one and only true gospel, when it is preached to every nation and throughout the world, that's what's going to wind up everything. Then it's going to be finished. That, that will precipitate the end of this world and this time and this season of mankind. And you go on to the next thing, which for us will be glorious. Glorious. Hallelujah. (laughs) If we really knew what it was, we couldn't sit in our seat today. We would be, we would be, talk about off the chart, We, we would be. Go on over to Matthew 26. Now, we started off a number of weeks ago. I think this is uh, session or part, I should say, 11, I think. So 10 previous parts of this, months back. And uh, we titled it The God of Increase. And we talked about God increasing you. And I thought I would deal with this case of the woman in the alabaster box of ointment that's here in this chapter, Matthew 26. One time, touch on some things and keep talking about the God of increase. But as you know, if you've been around, 
We've been back to it again and again, right? And here we are again today, back to it. But I saw today, I saw this morning, why? Glory to God. When, when the Lord keeps bringing you back to something over and over again, one of the things going on, you didn't see what he's trying to get you to see. So then what? You need to look at it again. Keep looking at it again. And it's not that it's so complicated or so hard. It's because we live in such a dark place. And there's so much oppression of darkness. The enemy tries to keep you from seeing things. And uh, this has got nothing to do with how intelligent you you think you are. Uh, Spiritual revelation is you either see it or you don't. It has to be revealed to you. You don't just figure it out. And so uh, the enemy does not want you to see that. Because what will the truth do for you? It will make you free. It will absolutely liberate you in a moment from his lies and his junk. And maybe something that he'd been oppressing you with for decades. Just gone like that. When you get a hold of the truth. And decide to believe it and do it. So uh, I saw, because I, I had... I had asked the Lord in the beginning of the series to to show us and confirm to us some of the main uh, causes of increase from Him. And because we're talking about the God of increase. And I've been ministering on this for decades now. So I've seen a couple of things. But I know there's always, always so much more. And I didn't realize He's answering my question. By taking us back to this. I didn't see it. I do now. I do now. And when I say it, you may think, well, didn't you already know that? Well, not like I do now. Not like I do now. In uh, Matthew 26, verse 6, Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. There came to him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, and uh, John and Mark, if you look at their accounts, they talk about it was Judas Iscariot that was the vocal one saying this. But then the other disciples got caught up with it too. It's why they're mentioned here had indignation. Indignation. Over what? This woman's offering. Right? Yes. And they said, to what purpose is this waste? This was wasted. Verse 9. For this ointment might have been sold for much. If you read John, Mark, um, Judas gives the amount. Could have been sold for 300 pence. Well, that's a pence was like a day's wage. So this is almost a year's wage, average wage. So this was in the tens or scores of thousands by today's money. Could have been worth $50,000. I don't know. If you want to be conservative, 
20, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it obviously was a big treasure to her. And it was obviously big to all of them. When they saw it, they were like, whoo. Right? Yes. You don't you don't go, man, that's a big deal if it was a tiny item. Right. It could have been sold for much and given to the poor. This came from the enemy himself through Judas Iscariot, who hours later betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And yet, this is what you will hear much of church-going people say today. They could sell that and give that to the poor. And don't realize they're quoting Judas Iscariot. When he was in the middle of his betraying Jesus. But see, this is a good snapshot of how deceptive the enemy is. See, he knows most people, if you'll just throw that in about the poor. See, that sounds, oh yeah, how could that be wrong? But this is as wrong as you can be. Hmm? This is so wrong. For one thing, whose box of ointment was it? Huh? What is it to them? It ain't their box. There's no money coming out of their pocket. Ain't costing them anything. Nobody said they had to give like this. This is not a service. This is not an offering time. They're at the house. But uh, her life has been totally changed by the ministry of Jesus, by the ministry of the Word. They've experienced miracles. Hmm? And she's happy about it. And she, it, this came up in her heart that maybe the most expensive thing that she owns, she, listen to this next word, she wants to honor him. Oh, come on, are y'all listening? She wants to honor him. And that's, that's the revelation I got this morning. I had seen it. I would touched on it and talked about it. But the Lord pointed out to me that I had asked him and that this is the first main key to God increasing you. Honor. Amen. Does that bear witness with you? Yes. Honor. And think about, you know, Proverbs 3 talks about this. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. What is that? Proverbs 3, 9 or so? Put that on the, on the screen. Somebody might not be familiar with it. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord. Not just with your words. With your stuff. See? She wasn't just honoring him with her words. She honored him with her substance. What she had. And this goes on to say, if you'll honor him with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. 
I don't know why I didn't see this sooner. <laughs> it's right there. Increase that what? So your barns will be filled with plenty. Why? Increase. Right? Increase. Your presses will burst out with new wine. What's that? Increase. 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 Why? The blessing on your stuff. Right? Your storehouse is filled and overflowing. Why? Back up to verse 9. Tell me the very first word. Very first word. Honor the Lord. But notice the enemy has no honor. He is a despiser. He is one that uh, finds fault and is the accuser of the brethren. And he's always diminishing, belittling, despising. He's a blasphemer. Total disrespect. Which is why you see so much of it in the world around us. Because people are yielding to the enemy. But God, God is a God of honor. Hallelujah. He's a God of honor. One definition of the word honor is value. To esteem something, to value it, to treasure it. And one of the first main keys, if you will... To God being able to increase you and I is that we honor Him. And we honor His things. And isn't that exactly what she was doing right here? She honored Him. And it made the enemy irate. I mean, they, the, he, he brought feelings of indignation to Judas. And the rest of the guys got caught up in this mess too. And, and he was going, what a waste. What a waste. It's not wasted when you honor Jesus. Yeah, but the poor. Yeah, but the poor. See, this is confusion. This is hypocrisy. You watch the people who are always hollering about you should do for the poor. What do you do? Oh, well, I, I'm not a preacher. I'm not the, Well, you ought to practice what you believe, though. What do you do? And the truth is, you know, folks like us, we've done a lot of things to help people in need. But people, don't, those, people want to fuss like that. They don't care. It wouldn't matter how much you did. If you've got anything nice... You're supposed to sell it you, you, and, and give it to the poor. How much you could give to the poor? Give to the poor. God is big enough to do both. And if you don't honor him, which is a different thing from doing for the people in need, if you don't honor him, you won't be increased to the point you can do a lot for people in need. And you got to understand, God never intended that any human beings be dependent on us. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. right. It's okay to help people, but it's not okay for them to look to you as their source and try to make you responsible 
to take care of them. They got the same God I do. Is that right? Everybody's got the same God. And if they won't listen to Him and they won't look to Him and they won't believe Him, and you know, for instance, one of the things, New Testament, Spirit to God through Paul said, if any would not work, neither should he eat. That's Bible. I said, that's Bible. Now, people ignore that. They act like it's not even there. But let's say you're lazy. You don't want to do anything. you got all kind of opportunities. But we're supposed to help you because we're a church. So you can do what? Lay around and talk bad about us. I don't think so. I don't think so. My name's not El Shaddai. I'm not Jehovah Jireh. Right? We want to help people. And we have. And we do. And we will. But you got to be led by the Spirit of God. You, you can't take care of everybody's needs. This country can't take care of everybody's needs. Huh? That's something some folks ain't figured out yet. <laughs> Where does it end? Uh-uh. There's one God. There's one source. But if you won't listen to him, you're going to be in lack. You're going to do without. That doesn't mean other people should help you and support your disobedience and support your rebellion. He said, if you won't work, you should get hungry and get motivated. (laughs) You get hungry enough and you'll be open to some jobs you might not have considered earlier. Yeah. Now, there are people who legitimately need help. They, they're in a different situation. You don't, no, no two persons or no two situations are alike. Right. And you need to be led by the Spirit. That's but this thing about anything nice or anything expensive, oh, shouldn't have that, oh, shouldn't do that, because you could do for the poor. That is a deception from the enemy. It's a quote from Judas Iscariot. When he was in the middle of betraying Jesus. You do not want to believe that. You don't want to talk like that. Now you will hear this. Oh, You have already heard it. And you will hear it. But you need to know what you believe. And why you believe it. And what it's based on. Notice what Jesus said. They said to what purpose is this waste? Verse 8. This ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Jesus understood it and said, why are you troubling this woman? Listen carefully, friends. Wouldn't this have been the perfect place for Jesus to make clear to us that he does not want money spent on expensive, extravagant things? Wouldn't have this been the perfect, huh? To say, dear heart... Have you not been listening to me? Huh? Wouldn't it have been the perfect place to go, well, yeah, Judas and the guys are right. You know, you did waste this. You, 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 no. That's what religious thinking is. 
But it's not Jesus. It's not the Bible. It's not the Word of God. When he understood it, he said, why are you bothering this woman? They're the ones that got corrected. Not the woman. They're the ones that got reproved. He said, she's wrought a good work on me. Are there any other good works besides helping people in need? Huh? Is helping people in need the only good work that there is? Nobody got fed. Nobody got clothed. Nobody got housed. And yet Jesus calls it a good work. What? A good work. This takes mind renewal. Because we're dealing with centuries of religious tradition. Somebody blowing $40,000 on a preacher. (laughs) And all it did was make him in the room smell really amazing for a few hours. Isn't that wasteful? No. 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 That's these folk over here. Isn't that wasteful? Isn't that a total? How many people could you help with $40,000? It ain't your $40,000. So you got no right to be even thinking about it. Next time you free up 40 grand, you can do whatever you want to with it. But you are not this woman's Lord. It's not yours. If she wants to do it, Did Jesus say, why are you bothering her? Why are you troubling her? She has wrought a good work on me. Now look, he goes further with this. He said, the poor, you talking about the poor? You got the poor with you always. And you, but me, you have not always. If you read Mark's account, he said, you can do something for them anytime you want to. Why? This is hypocrisy. If you read John's account, He said, Judas, he didn't say that because he cared for the poor. He said it because he was a thief and carried the bag. And he wanted that money liquidated and he wanted it in the bag so he could get access to it. Of course, he didn't say that. What did he say? The poor. It's about helping the poor. Now, keep going. He said, uh, she poured this ointment on my body for my burial. I don't know that she knew that. But in just a short amount of time, he's going to the cross. Now listen to this, verse 13. Verily I say to you, wheresoever, you hear these next two words? Huh? This Gospel Is this the key to this whole thing being wound up? Yes. Is this gospel? That's why I read to you from chapter 24. That's just two chapters prior to this. Just a, not, This gospel. What, what do you mean this gospel? This gospel shall be preached in the whole world. There shall also this. That this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. Huh? What did, what did Jesus say? Instead of saying, 
that this is the perfect opportunity to teach everybody not to have expensive stuff and give big offerings, but to do it for people in need. Instead of doing that, he went totally the other way. Huh? And he reproved them and corrected them for bothering her. And he said what she did was a good work. Is that right? Then he said this. I, I, I didn't see this until, that's what I'm talking about. I got revelation on this until this morning. Then he says, to show you how big and important this is, I'm making an addendum to the gospel. It's something you and I cannot do. <laughs> we are not permitted. Right? Uh, he said, I'm making an addendum to the gospel. And everywhere the gospel is preached, I want this offering that this woman gave, I want it told. And I want it respected and I want it honored as a memorial. Wow. Hallelujah. We have not seen that. Huh? We have read over that. We've read past that. Let me give you an example. A missionary goes, finds some people who's never heard the gospel before, preaches the gospel to them. They come back and they said, man, did you preach the gospel to them? Yeah. Did you tell them about the woman with the alabaster box? No, you ain't done. Huh? You're not done. Jesus said that's got to be. And that's the gospel that when it's preached everywhere will complete everything else and the end will come. Why? Because it is the gospel. People have gotten so far removed from it and so twisted around, they don't see it. But this is not a side message. Abundance and provision is not a side message. It is part of the gospel. And if you don't include this, you haven't fully preached the gospel. So we're for sure staying with it now. Romans, if you would, the first chapter. Oh, wow. Time. Ah, oh, man. I'm looking around to see if anybody's doing this. I'm not looking very hard. Uh, <laughs> Romans 1, 15 Oh, friend, I hope you're listening with your spirit. We're going to continue on this. We'll spend some more time on this later, I think. But this is uh, this is groundbreaking to me, some of these things. I mean, I saw some of it. I knew some of it. But I, I'm seeing it in a different way, in a strong. And, and what I was saying is, you know, I thought I would touch on this account of the woman in the alabaster box that one time. And then I was going on to other things. And the Lord kept bringing us back, bringing us back bringing us back. Why? Because of these things here. 
because of this is the first major key to increase, and that's honor. And that's what she was doing was honoring him. And what do we got written up over the top of the thing? If you will honor him, he will honor you. Well, him increasing you is honoring you. That's part of it. But then also this thing about the gospel. I had not given this the weight that I should have. That he, he said this is a permanent attachment to the gospel. The woman's offering. Why? Why is this so important? For one thing, we don't even have to ask. Are, how much are we still battling this confusion and lie about give it all to the poor? Huh? See, that has infiltrated and twisted the church all directions. And caused people to not do things to honor God. Caused people to not believe God's a God of increase. Caused people to be ashamed and embarrassed and hide any nice things that happens for them. And that's exactly what the enemy was trying to do through Judas and others was shame her. Shame her that she had wasted this instead of doing something for people in need. But Jesus said, everywhere the gospel is preached, this is going to be told. Why? Why connect it permanently to the gospel? Why? Romans 1.15 says, As much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel. To you that are at Rome, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When he's trying to, when the enemy through Judas is trying to shame this woman about her godly honor, faith, love, action that she did, it was a beautiful thing. It was a great thing. It was a good work. And he is trying to shame her and guilt her because she didn't give it to people in need. That is, uh, also trying to make you ashamed of the gospel. Now, if you don't see it, that's okay. Hold on. We're going. There's a lot of other scriptures that talk about this. But when he, why would you need to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel? If it was widely accepted and respected everywhere, you wouldn't need to say this. Now, look with me, if you would. Just a little bit more. Oh, man. Can you come back next week? (laughs) Woo. Yeah. Uh, Romans 15. Yeah, I'll do these two verses and then we will will say to be continued. (laughs) Romans 15. Verse 19, he said, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, 
So that from Jerusalem and round about Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So that means you could partially preach. Right? You could partially preach the gospel of Christ. Verse 20. Yes, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. Verse 29. I'm sure that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing. Of the gospel Hallelujah. of Christ. Amen. <laughs> Do you hear these two terms? Fully preached the gospel. And then what? Fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. What's the blessing? What, what is it? What does it do? The blessing. See, you haven't fully preached the gospel unless you talk about the blessing. Huh? And you hadn't finished the whole thing until you tell the story about the woman's alabaster box. And what's sad is the enemy, through religious tradition and wrong thinking, has effectively cut both of those off and separated them. From what is called the gospel in many places. So that something like what she did is despised and mocked and ridiculed and judged and shamed. And a lot of other church going people don't know enough to not go along with it. Exactly like the disciples went along with Judas. Somebody say, not me. By the grace of God. The truth, the truth makes me free. Makes me free. Go to Galatians. In closing, I think. Galatians 3 and 7. Now, this is not my opinion. This is it is written. Romans 1, 10, Matthew 26, Galatians 3, Psalm 115. Huh? I didn't write this. How does it read? Now notice this in Galatians. Is Galatians in the New Testament? Oh yeah. Know you not that, know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham? Is that you? Huh? You a believer? You live by faith, walk by faith? Are you a child of Abraham? Through your faith in Jesus Christ? I'm a child of Abraham. Keep going. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel to Abraham. Really? Yeah. What what does gospel mean? Good. The good report, the good news about good things. Good news. And the gospel is the good news about all the good things our good God has done for us and given us in Christ. Somebody say good news. Good news. Good news. 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 I want you to be broke is not good news. 
Now, it gives us an excerpt of what is called the gospel that was preached to Abraham. What was it? In you shall all nations be blessed. Hallelujah. Be blessed. I mean in the very beginning. All the way back to Genesis when God created man. Everything he created. The Bible said he spoke to them and he blessed them. And he said be fruitful and multiply. Increase and replenish the earth. Fill it up and subdue it. Does that sound like increase? Yes. Hallelujah. And what caused the increase? The blessing. the blessing. And what's the message of the blessing? The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. Oh, somebody say the gospel. Verse 9. So then, they which be of faith, still you, are what? Are blessed. With Faithful Abraham. What did the blessing do for Abraham? What did it do for him? Has the blessing changed so much since his time that it no longer does the same things? No, God doesn't change the blessing. What did the blessing do for him? The blessing allowed him friendship with God himself. Hallelujah. The blessing protected him and kept him everywhere he went and a blessing made him the richest man in nine counties he he was blessed everything he had increased and abounded why the bible said it was because god blessed him and that's a big part of the gospel that makes it good news is it's this message about how even though you and I were not the seed of Abraham, we were mixed up, whatever, without God, hopeless in the world, not blessed, not with God, but, but because of what Jesus has done, He tore down the wall. He removed the separation. And now anybody, no matter where you came from, anybody can come and believe on Him. And now you are included in the Beloved. Now you have the blessing. The blessing. The rest of this chapter says Christ became a curse for us so that the Blessing could come on us. That, oh, oh church, are you awake? Yes. What you just heard me describe, that is the gospel. Amen. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. Not just that you're missing hell. That is this gospel. Stand on your feet, everybody.